now okay just moving it around and everything else i think so. I, I believe we're live hold on one second we might be a little technical error going on here mm -hmm. hold on one second ray we're not live good. yet and yes we are live i do believe for everyone out there what's going on Ray? i'm here with ray flores uh, who's down in san antonio who'll be calling the international action for tomorrow night's Big pay-per-view card here in the United States. Uh, be on in some free outlets, I know, internationally, uh, including the big big deal with Channel 5 in, in England. Uh, for the big Gervonta uh, Davis-Leo Santa Cruz fight in uh, San Antonio, what's happening? What's up, Mark? It is a pleasure to join you once again, my friend. And I got to tell you, and I, I say this with a lot of colleagues of ours, but the one thing that is missing from the show are you guys. So we wish everybody in the media can be here for these big prize fights because it's not the same without you guys. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll do just okay without me there, but I'll be watching. I won't be watching you, but I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. So, it's going to so, be a so fun let, night. So let's, let's just get right down to, we got this big fight. The, the big thing happened today with Gervonta Davis making yeah. weight, made it pretty comfortable. I know, I know they had to take, you know, probably to take, uh, strip him down, and they use the uh, towel over him. But you know, he made made it. He looks good. Leo Santa Cruz looks pretty good at 129 and change as well. So, what what are we expecting tomorrow night in San Antonio? I think it just all depends on two things, Mark. Can Leo Santa Cruz handle the power of Gervonta Davis? Because Gervonta Davis has a knockout percentage of over 95. percent Only one guy has gone the distance with him. When he touches you, you're going out. Now, can Leo handle the kind of power that Gervonta Davis possesses along with the speed? For Gervonta Davis, as you look at him, can he deal with the pressure and the come forward style of Leo Santa Cruz? This is both of their biggest tests of their professional careers. It's their first time headlining each on pay-per-view. So there's a lot on the line heading into this matchup. So, uh, I mean, were you surprised that, that Davis did, you know, the, the weigh-in today? Uh, were you surprised that, that he made the weight? No, because I've been hearing from sources of mine within Gervonta Davis's camp and, and seeing the, the photos <laughs> and the training montage, much like you have as well, that Gervonta is actually taking this seriously. Not that he wasn't before, but his focus seems to be at a higher level for this fight. You know what? It better be. Because Leo Santa Cruz is a four-division world champion. He throws punches in bunches. The guy comes forward like nobody's business. Now, the question is, how is Leo going to fare against somebody who is a bona fide super featherweight and also, you know, is a lightweight as well? Because Javante Davis is kind of like that tweener, right? So he has fought at lightweight, but now he made the weight of 130 to be able to make this fight possible. If Davis is successful tomorrow night, where he goes in terms of weight-wise, I don't know. He could go to 35. He could stay at 30 for another fight. But that is obviously putting the cart before the horse. So I wasn't surprised that either man made the weight. But what I am surprised about is, uh, you know, how good Leo looks. He looks bigger. It looks like he's handling the weight better than what he did when he fought Miguel Flores last year. What I mean by that is he has a lot more muscle definition. He's a lot more cut up. This is the biggest Leo Santa Cruz that we've seen. We actually see muscle definition, like a lot of muscle definition out of Santa Cruz. 
Um, much was not noted about a 15-week camp for Javante Davis. I mean, I mean, I guess it all depends how what they did in those 15 weeks. But I mean, if they did a 15-week camp, it almost seems like they were training more to make weight than to uh, you know to to fight Leo. <clears throat> excuse me, Leo Santa Cruz. So I think that's the only thing. If if you're back in Davis or like Davis in this fight. That would be the only thing that concerns me at all in that in the fight. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, look, how many times have we seen in boxing, Mark, where guys leave the fight in the gym or they overtrain? There is such a thing as overtraining. Now, with Calvin Ford and Floyd Mayweather overseeing the training camp, I don't think that'll happen, but you cannot rule it out of the realm of possibility because a 15-week training camp, in theory, is almost four months. Typically... A nice sweet spot is, you know, eight weeks, maybe eight to 10 weeks. Anything above that when it comes to being a prize fighter in boxing could be considered a little excessive. So that might be another six weeks more. But how is that going to benefit him or will it be a detriment? Again, Leo Santa Cruz has said his goal is to test the conditioning of Gervonta Davis. He told me a couple weeks ago when I was at his training camp in Los Angeles I want to take Gervonta into deep waters, and I'm going to take over in the second half of the fight. But I've been saying it all week, and you know this. Can Leo last to the second half of the fight? That seems to be the number one question regarding this matchup. Well, I'm going to do a little – I don't know how much you watch uh, college football game, Dave. I'm going to do a little Kirk Herbstreit on you. He doesn't doesn't make a pick on fights that he's calling, so I'm not going to put you in that position – but yeah. let me let me ask you, how do you see the fight going without, you know, in terms of what type of fight do we expect to see, you know, without, you know, maybe you know, giving a winner uh, per se? I think it's going to be a little bit more tactical than what people think in the first half of the fight. And the reason why I say that is because Leo Santa Cruz has got to be so careful because if you go into the lion's den, especially with uh, the adrenaline and the excitement that you know leo goes ahead or that javante is going to have you know this is going to be a very big moment for javante davis the fact that leo santa cruz has been at this as a prize fighter longer than javante davis he needs to go ahead and utilize that veteran like acumen to his benefit so people thinking and as you look on paper you think it's going to be a very exciting fight throughout the course of the fight i think it'll be an exciting fight in spurts But if Leo's to be successful, he's got to remain cautious. But he can't give away the first six rounds like how Vasily Lomachenko did against Teofimo Lopez. So Leo's going to have to box intelligently in the first half of the fight and then start to pick up the pace with his aggression. If you're Gervonta Davis, people are expecting him to be more of a counterpuncher and stuff. I see Gervonta in the first half of the fight instead of waiting and being more as a counterpuncher and patient. I see him going after Leo Santa Cruz, and I think Santa Cruz is going to have to box well off his back foot. So I think the complete opposite of how they are stylistically is going to happen in the first half of the fight, and then I think they resort to their old ways in the second half of the fight. This is, let's okay. So we got to let's talk about the, the business a little bit. Obviously, this is the first pay per view um, headlining appearance by Gervonta Davis, and this is something that. It's been talked about for a couple of years now, especially by Floyd Mayweather, to make Gervonta Davis the next, quote, pay-per-view star in the sport of boxing. Uh, 
What what are your feelings about that? We're on the eve of the fight. Um, there's been very good marketing and promoting by you know the PBC, Showtime, Mayweather Promotions. In fact, I went on your favorite website today, TMZ, and there was big pop ups. <laughs> there there was big pop up video, uh, pop up ads for the fight to order on pay per view on TMZ, and uh, you know so obviously they've gone all out to put a a marketing campaign around Gervonta Davis. Well, the whole thing is, Mark, is that they've believed in Gervonta for a long time. He has the the fighting style to do so. He has the elaborate ring entrances. But at the end of the day, they got to deliver inside that ring. So that is the most important thing. If you don't deliver when that bell sounds, it doesn't matter how many bells and whistles and no matter what they're doing from Mayweather Promotions, TGB and PBC and Showtime, their marketing muscle that all goes out the window tomorrow night if the guys don't perform. I think Gervonta realizes that at 25 years of age, he is a young veteran in this sport compared to a lot of the younger guys who are coming up and blossoming in boxing. And Gervonta wants to be the one to say, look, I'm the next big star. I'm the pay-per-view star that people are building upon. I look at pay-per-view numbers in this sense, I, you know, especially with them going their first time out. You got to have reasonable expectations, especially the fact that we are in a pandemic. You know, could this draw seven or eight hundred thousand? Highly unlikely, but you have to have reasonable expectations. But I love that they are putting and they're saying, hey, look, Javante's ready. He's got a good foil in Leo Santa Cruz. Let's go with it. And they've done all the necessary promotion in the lead up. But again, all of that is insignificant if the guys don't fight at a world-class level and don't give a very good and exciting matchup. And by the way, I went on TMZ just to learn more about uh, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani getting engaged. I just wanted to know more details about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's news to me. You broke that to me, Mark. So congratulations to them. I feel like everyone's doing it. It's 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 like three days old. So let's (laughs) talk about, we got, obviously we have a three fight undercard. We'll touch on each fight. The co-feature, Mario Barrios, 140-pound champion, taking on uh, Ryan Carl. I spoke with Carl earlier this week. I mean, uh, this is supposed to be a uh, – I don't, I don't want to say a showcase for Barrios, but, you know, Ryan Carl didn't get that memo yet. He's going to go in there, and he, he believes he's going to win. He's already talking about, you know, his, uh, going home to, to party with the belt and everything like that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I like this fight a lot because I think it's going to be a scrap. I mean, that's the best way that I could describe this fight. It's going to be a scrap. And the reason why, Mark, is that, you know, Barrios is defending his world title here in San Antonio. San Antonio hasn't had a world champion since Jesse James Leha in 1994. This is a homecoming for Mario Barrios. So he's going to come out and have a lot more to prove in his mind. And he wants to make sure that people know that there was a reason why he was given the decision against Batyar Akhmedov a little over a year ago in Los Angeles at the Staples Center on the undercard of Spence and Porter for Ryan Carl. He's won three in a row. He's lost two fights over the course of his career. He's learned from those losses. He said that going into those fights that he came up short on, he had injuries. He's assured me, and I'm sure he assured you, that he's 100% healthy. He's training under the guidance of Ronnie Shields, who I think is one of the best trainers that the sport has ever seen. So I think together they make for a fun stylistic matchup. The question is, is will Carl get overwhelmed by the power of Mario Barrios? 
And is Barrios going to underestimate the boxing ability of Ryan Carl? Carl says that they've been working on some new wrinkles on their game. And what I would assume, I don't know anything more than you do, but I would assume that those new wrinkles are more pure boxing out of the man known as the Cowboys. So that's why I think this fight's extremely compelling. And I think that it is going to be an action affair for as long as it lasts. I guess the one upset of the day and surprise of the day was Regis Progress missing weight in his bout against Juan Geraldez. He missed it by about a, I think 1.6 pounds or 1.9, 1.6, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, Geraldez, they, they accepted the fight, the higher weight. Obviously, people people will be compensated for that. Uh, what are your thoughts on first progress missing weight and uh, the, the fight itself with Geraldez? Well, a little bit alarming in that sense, Mark. I mean, he was coming off a layoff of about a year since his defeat at the hands of Josh Taylor. But you know what? It's unfortunate because I still think that Progray can be a major player at 140. Now, if he's successful against Juan Geraldez, he's the favorite heading into this fight. What happens next for Progray? Does he elect to still campaign at 140? Because can you trust him to make the weight at 140 pounds? I don't ever remember a situation where Progray has missed the weight. So one time... Typically, my mindset is to give the fighter the benefit of the doubt. But what is going to be the thought process of his handlers moving forward if he does get the W? Looking at the fight as a whole, Mark, Progray and Geraldes, I think Progray is the favorite, deservedly so for a reason. And Geraldes is going to have to gain the respect of Progray early. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you may know more about this. I don't know. Have, have you? Did you speak to the fighters yet in, in the meetings or anything like that yet? I have not, no. So I got here yesterday, uh, last night, and I had to get my COVID test done today, and I'm not with inside the bubble. So I I have not been able to talk with the fighters or anything like that. I talked to Progray about a couple weeks ago, and he told me that camp has been going great. He's been working down in Houston, I believe, under Bobby Bitten and Aaron Navarro. So, I mean, I'm a little surprised just like you are. Well, the question I was going to ask, I guess I read something. I guess it was boxing scene yesterday. Uh, his wife is due, or his girlfriend, I don't know if he, he's married, fiance, his, his significant other, I think is due to give their, uh, give birth today. Did you read that? I did. I, I saw that. I believe Keith Eidick wrote it. Yeah, I think either great. today or tomorrow. And we'll, get Keith, and we'll get Keith on one of these shows soon. Ah, Keith is excellent, <laughs> but, uh, you know, always working very hard, just like yeah. yourself, Mark. But, I mean, talk about, I mean, maybe the mental focus for Prograde you know, is off saying, a little bit. That's what I'm saying about um, – him missing the weight. Obviously, he had he had stuff going on. Obviously, outside of uh, boxing, I know you're supposed to be a, a thousand percent focused, but you know if your your uh, significant other is uh, is about to give give birth, obviously you can see why maybe something straight. You know, uh, a few days here or there. I mean, look, I agree with you because listen, you know, when you have and and your partner is expecting a child, you know, your child. That's a significant burden all to itself. I mean, I can only imagine being a prize fighter, fighting on pay-per-view, making your PBC debut, and having to make weight, and then also focus on the fact, oh, yeah, my girlfriend could very well be due at any point. I mean, can you sleep right? Are you getting your proper nutrition? What's the stress level on him? I don't know. Will that affect him in the fight? If it does, Geraldo is the kind of guy that can bank early rounds and then procreate, you don't want to get to a situation where you're eight or nine and you are down a couple rounds. So this is very interesting territory in the mental game and certainly something to take note of when you're watching the fight tomorrow night. 
Um, the um, the leadoff, the kickoff of the pay-per-view card is an IBF eliminator in the lightweight division. Diego Magdaleno and Isaac Cruz Gonzalez. Uh, I spoke with Magdaleno yesterday, and he was that I, I was kidding with them. He was the happiest guy I've ever seen 24 hours before away, and he was just loving life. Life is great. I it, it can't be better. And he is uh, one confident human being uh, going in this fight against Isaac Cruz Gonzalez tomorrow night. Mark, I look at Diego Magdaleno and I feel like he's been reborn as a prize fighter. He seems to be so much happier, positive. He's extremely focused. He felt like Ismael Salas and those around him after those, his loss at the hands of Teofimo Lopez, that those around him gave up on him, that they throw in the towel. They told him, look, you know, we advise you to retire. And then he got the call to fight Austin Dulay in February. And he goes out and he defeats Austin Dulay. Incidentally, in Dulé's hometown on the undercard of Caleb Plant and Vincent yep. Feigenboots mm-hmm. on Fox. So, and, and he got a big knockdown to solidify the victory. He said that he's known Bones Adams, who is a former world champion at 122. You know, that Bones Adams believes in him, that he has really, you know, been with Bones Adams uh, on and off since he was nine years old. Together, they have this unbelievable chemistry. And Diego Magdaleno is the kind of guy that comes from a fighting family, but he wants to prove, look, there is a reason why I was touted as being this up-and-coming sensation. He fell off a little bit, especially after the loss to Teofimo Lopez. But, I mean, as we saw what what Teofimo was able to do to Lomachenko, I don't think there's shame losing to Teofimo Lopez. But now Magdaleno's got his confidence back. He believes in himself, but he cannot sleep against Isaac Cruz because Isaac Cruz is coming off of an impressive performance on Showbox earlier in the year. I would still say, though, in my opinion, Cruz is an unknown quantity. Cruz likes to fight on the inside. The question is, can he do that against Diego Magdaleno? Well, that is yet to be seen, and I'm sure we'll figure that out tomorrow evening. Yeah, I actually worked the PR for Cruz's fight in Philadelphia, and it was on Valentine's Day. Yeah, he's a, and, and Magdaleno, who's not a big lightweight at all, He's actually a lot bigger than Cruz. Cruz is about five foot three, five foot four. In fact, I think he weighed a hundred. I mean, I mean, usually when we see these guys weigh in, they're maybe a pound under at most. He was three pounds under the hundred thirty-five pound limit today. So it's a, you know, be an interesting fight to kick off the pay per view. And obviously, it's for an IBF elimination fight in the lightweight division. And you know, potential payday, whether it's against Tiafimo or if Lopez goes with 140, vacant belt, whatever. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a, a very interesting fight. Obviously, that's the, you know, this card is the, I would say, the, the real meat and potatoes, uh, the real, I guess, entree of this. This is a great uh, combat sports weekend. If you mind, oh, we'll yeah. touch on a couple other things tonight. There's a fight on the zone with Toriano Johnson and Jaime Munguia. I know it's a very interesting fight on paper. What do you see in that fight? Toriano Johnson's tough as nails. I remember commentating this fight when he lost at the hands of Sergey Derinchenko back a day before Mayweather McGregor back in 2017 in Miami, yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. yeah, we were down in Oklahoma and we actually had the whole town come out to enjoy fights underneath the stars. But Toriano Johnson, he's tough. He's been fighting top level competition. You know, as you look at Jaime Munguia, the kid is, you know, undefeated. You know, he's he's a champion, to, to my knowledge. And, you know, the guy's got pop. I mean, he's got a lot of power-punching ability, but, you know, he hasn't beaten that marquee name. I don't think Toriano Johnson is that marquee name, but Toriano Johnson is a fun, 
stay busy opponent. And again, fight fans have to understand, you can't always get Hagler Hearns, especially in the middle of a worldwide pandemic because the business of boxing will not allow you to do so because of the fact that, you know, the promoters and the networks rely on the live attendance gate to be able to draw revenue, which thus allows more money to be split amongst the fighters. But this is a very good stay busy fight for Jaime Munguia in the midst of a pandemic. But Toriano Johnson, look, you can't count him out at any point. And if Munguia is even looking past him even slightly, he could pay the price. Well, you're not broadcasting that fight. Can I get a pick from you? I would have to say, give me Munguia, but it's going to be closer than what people think. I think Johnson is a tough, live, and, and determined guy for the first six rounds. And I think, you know, Munguia wins a decision. But I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think Munguia has enough pop behind his punches to finish off Toriano Johnson because you're going to have to beat him and, and physically dominate him like how Darvinchenko was able to do. I don't think Munguia is that kind of physical fighter. He's more of a one-punch knockout artist. Johnson's got a beard on him, and unless he's gotten old overnight, that's why I think it's going to be a decision victory. Give me 116-112 in favor of Jaime Munguia. Tomorrow afternoon in England, an interesting heavyweight uh, battle between Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora. You know, uh, Usyk, uh, he had the fight with Chaz Witherspoon, who took on like three days' notice last year, fighting a, a real tough, rugged guy in Chisora. I think Chisora's best days are behind him. I respect what he's been able to do. I mean, this guy's a mean, mean man, but Usyk is a cerebrally mean man. And this guy is just, he has the amateur pedigree. He's showcasing that he can handle the weight. I mean, he proved that against Witherspoon. And even though Witherspoon is way past this prime. I still was impressed by Usyk. I think Usyk starts off using his jab well, maintaining his distance, setting traps, and I think over the course of the fight, he carefully dissects and busts up the face of Derek Chisora. The fight, though, that I'm looking forward to on that card, Mark, is George Cambosis and Lee Selby. That, to me, is the fight that I'm very curious about. It should be a good fight. You have a pick on that one? I do. I think Cambosis smashes Lee wow. Selby. I have respect for Lee Selby. He's quick. I mean, there's a reason a why they call champion. him Lightning, Lee, Lightning Lee Selby and stuff. But Cambosis, to me, former training partner, sparring partner with Manny Pacquiao, Cambosis is mean. He's angry. He's determined. I think as long as he maintains and keeps his emotions intact, I think he's going to be physically stronger bigger and i think he imposes his will on selby and i think he starts to carve up lightning lee selby i see a late 10th round stoppage for the fighter out of australia george cambosis real quickly you have a pick on in maloney from uh from las vegas tomorrow look i've been privileged enough to ring announce Naoya in fights japan, his man. last two fights in japan and the guy is not just a a qu- top quality prize fight over there he is on par as a top pop star like InSync or the Backstreet Boys back in the day. This guy to, to, has to, that to, kind to of. Who are your uh, favorites? I know that. Uh, I mean, hey, look, I, I don't mind either one of them. JT, <laughs> Justin Timberlake is my guy. But when it comes to Naoya Inouem, this guy is so calculated. And the one thing about it is that fighting Maloney, Maloney can't get comfortable in the second half of the fight if he lasts that long because many times. 
if he doesn't put you out, if Inouye doesn't put you on the first second, the first or second round, you start to get comfortable because you're like, okay, you know, he isn't wasting much motion. I'm starting to figure out his timing, his distance, and then bang, out of nowhere, he lands a lethal right hand and puts you and decapitates you. So Maloney cannot get a false sense of confidence. I see a mid-six-round knockout for Naoya Inouye. He's too fast. He's too focused. He's too determined. I even think he's too athletic for Maloney. Look, the Maloney brothers are tough as nails, and I think they are quality, high-level prize fighters. But there's a reason why, Mark, they call Naoya Inoue the monster. <laughs> this guy has popped like I've never seen before uh, in terms of 118 and below. This guy can rip your head off, and I expect the same tomorrow night against Jason Maloney. Before I let you go, um, I, I want to backtrack. We were talking about Usyk a few minutes ago. How much of a threat you think he is to? I mean, I'm still going to keep Deontay in there. The big three heavyweights with with Wilder, Fury, and Joshua. How how much of a threat you think Usyk is to those three? I think he could be a threat. I think he is a potential threat in a year to eighteen months. But I still need to see more out of Usyk when it comes to the heavyweight division. The fight with Witherspoon, we're like, okay, you know, he can handle the weight. He can move around well. He still has his speed. He has his power. But now what can he do against a big, strong brute like Derek Chisora? And with Chisora, is he totally spent? Is he washed up? Does he have anything left in the tank? Is he going to be moving target practice for Alexander Usek? So we'll find out. I'm very – that's a fight that is that could go a few ways, but – I think Usek is the favorite for a reason. That's a lot. That's a lot of boxing. That's just one weekend, right? I look. I, I think the more the merrier, Mark. You know why? Because we missed it so much because of obviously what happened with COVID nineteen. But man, I love it. You know, I love. I just love abundance. A lot of college football games, a lot of NFL, and give me all the boxing. Give it all to me, Mark. That's yeah, unbelievable. It's just a great weekend. I mean, we. Uh, you know, we got the fights tonight. We got, you know, we'll have a little college football maybe for this. My, I'll go twelve to two on college football. Then two o'clock, the uh, the zone fights uh, come on. Leads right into the big pay per view fight. I'll have the the other fight on the computer. It just uh, it's be a good weekend. I'll, I'll be doing all having the best pizza in town. And though they're not sponsoring me, maybe I'm getting. Yeah, what are you gonna get? Fight. I was gonna say what what's the what's the pizza choice for tomorrow, Mark? Well, I'm very curious. Angelo's of South Philly. Okay. Tremendous, a few a few blocks from my front door. They had the best pizza in town, and and the the, the gentleman from Barstool, Dave Portnoy, you know, he does his pizza reviews. Yeah, so of course. So it's the best uh, pizza in Philly. Oh, I love it. Okay, five, block, five blocks from my front door. How, how do you make? What, what do you have on it? You got pepperoni. Well, we, just did, we, we, we usually get white pizza. I think we may try something different tomorrow. We may we may try regular pizza. I got to figure that out. All the all depends on the two o'clock fights go. We'll we'll, we'll okay. see. We'll see uh, what, what what I'm in the mood for. Very cool, man. Well, I'm going to be uh, enjoying a little bit. I'm trying to, you know, stay focused and on the diet and stuff. So I'm going to have some grilled chicken and some uh, steamed broccoli before I head to the venue tomorrow. So well, enjoy you're, that you're, you're, down, you're down in San Antonio. I hope it's a little spicy. You have a little spicy chicken. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some spicy chicken on there. That's a good call. Did, did you go on the river walk? Did you do any of that stuff yet? No, I haven't. I'm kind of just more so to my room and prepping and studying. I mean, we got a long night tomorrow night, so. Want to be able to handle that and obviously joining people like you and breaking down the fight, man. The enthusiasm, the passion, though, you're at the hotel is building and it'll culminate tomorrow night. There we go. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, about almost 30 minutes of your time, Ray. Uh, 
I won't be able to hear you, but for all the fans watching around the world, the, this is the man you'll be hearing in all the other countries uh, beside the United States, I believe, and all throughout Europe. Say hi to your fans in Zimbabwe and Algeria. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Australia's picking it up. I hear we're going to be on Fox Sports Australia, so well, they, gotta well, love the Australian fans out there. I hear you're big in Zimbabwe. I, uh, well, I mean, there, I mean, hey, wh wherever I may be and stuff. I do love Japan, by the way. The Japanese have treated me very well in my two trips out there. So I certainly love uh, Tokyo and all the Japanese fans as well. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, sweet baby, Ray Flores. Uh, chiming in, we're 24 hours and 26 hours away from first bell on pay-per-view here in the United States. Have a great call tomorrow night. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you.